Who's that in the yep. in the the count? Who's behind the counter in the kitchen making the popcorn? Is that the guy <laughs> I, you used to work with? I don't, like, first of all, let's get one thing straight. Yeah. the popcorn counter does not have a kitchen. It has a machine. Who's they making? A machine. Gourmet. It has a, a fairly poorly maintained and smelly machine, which is rarely clean, <laughs> which makes the popcorn. But this is a I gourmet. Don't think this place has a kitchen. I know because I, I used to work in a kitchen. That was like my proper first my first job. We we talked about this when we talked about. Um, Ratatouille said, like, my yeah. first job, and I learned so much from this job after I left school. I worked yeah. as a waiter for, like, a few months, um, kind of gathering some money to go um, traveling. And uh, it was, like, kind of like my introduction to adult life. The, and the, uh, the guy who was the chef at the, um, the steakhouse where I worked was, like, a trans man. So he huh. had been gender-assigned female at yeah. birth. Um, and then he was kind of like transitioning to become um, a man. Uh, and I remember at the time, the the guy who was like the front of house manager, who was dating uh, the woman who was like the head waitress at the um, at the restaurant. He was like this incredible sexist cliche. How uh, uh, I think he was so, so full of his own virility that. He could not go 15 seconds without making a dick joke. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely everything. Really, I mean, so he would look at like a, um, you know, a ketchup container or a salt cellar yeah. or, you know, a fork or anything like that. And he'd figure some way to make a penis joke out of it. He was endlessly, endlessly making sexist jokes and, you know, and telling everybody who wanted to hear and everybody who didn't want to hear about his riotous sex life with the head waitress. Mm. Um but I remember when I started at the job, he kind of he said, um, oh, yeah, I, I won't say his name, but the, 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 the guy who is the um, uh, the, the uh, uh, head chef. Um, yeah, uh, uh, just treat him as a man. He's becoming a man. Just call him a man. He's a man. Um, and he was and this guy who was like um, in all other senses, like a, a sexist dinosaur with gags from the 1970s. Yeah, was completely cool. And you had absolutely no issue, and neither did any of the other staff oh, nice. um, with the guy who was the uh, the head chef. Wow. And, and this was like the late 80s. Yeah. It was kind of not an issue. People weren't kind of, you know, uh, prejudiced or making gags or yeah. saying, oh, that's weird. It was completely not a thing. And how can it be 2023 now? Mm -hmm. And somehow that now is a thing. Um, it just makes me kind of despair of humanity a little bit. A little bit. I learned a lot on that job. I learned a lot in the cinema as well. Ooh. Um, so like it's kind of LGBTQ characters who turn up in movies, mm. you know, a part of what's educating and changing society, yeah. I guess. Do you think? Well, yeah, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of social change comes on the, the, the big screen and the small screen to a certain extent. So, so yeah, the small screen is in your house, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. The, the people on TV are people you invite into your home. So yeah. in a way that affects even more social change. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about we do the Who Am I segment. Um, people need to see themselves on screen, but I think we also need to be exposed to people who are not like ourselves on screen, too. Um, well, so we can find out that they are really like ourselves. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so for me, like Brokeback Mountain is quite a landmark because he'd never seen, as far as I know, gay cowboys uh, on the big yeah. screen. 
I think there are undercurrents of that probably in some of the old films, but really not. Um, and then, did we talk about the power of the dog last year? I don't, I don't think we watched. No, it. I don't think we did. I have, no. I have not seen that actually. Which I think some of the old school cowboys were offended by that because the the cowboys are swimming naked together in this stream, and <laughs> they're not the masculine cowboys that the American West really. Uh, lauds, I guess. So um, I think that film was tremendous because we'd never seen that. I don't think we'd ever seen um, two men making love on screen before. Yeah, I guess not. Not in a mainstream film. Yeah, with, exactly. With, you know, above the line name actors. Yeah. Absolutely. That was, a, I think, a, certainly a groundbreaker or a, a, I don't know, ceiling shattering film, something like that. I do find that film, Brokeback Mountain, tremendously romantic. I think it's a fantastic date film. Yeah. Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah, because there's just something so kind of, um, yeah, so romantic about this kind of this doomed love and their longing and the way that they kind of, you know, they sort of love from afar and, and sort of don't speak about it. I think it's just, you know, very romantic, mm-hmm. really beautiful film. Uh, what else comes to mind for you? I know we were talking about watching films on a plane. Uh, last time I was on a plane, uh, before this time round, I did watch Carol, which is the Todd... Mm-hmm. Haynes uh, films oh. based on a Patricia Highsmith novel, okay. Kate Blanchett. Um, is that how you pronounce her name? Blanchett. That's how, yeah, Blanchett. That's how you Blanchett. 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 Um, and Rooney Mara, yeah, in that, which is like, you know, a kind of love story between two women. Oh. And I you know, remember very little about the story. And again, maybe that's due to the amount of oxygen that I was breathing <laughs> during the trip. But I, again, I do remember it being kind of quite seductive, though. And there's something, you know, tremendously yeah seductive about Kate Blanchett's character yeah. in that um and it's um I mean you know it's enough of a um landmark to see two uh, male stars playing gay characters I think to see two female stars playing gay characters is, yeah you know an, another step further isn't it yeah it is definitely but a little bit like um more Holland Drive yeah when, when we watched um uh, Boys Don't Cry last week. Yeah. And um, yeah, that has quite a lot of driving scenes in it, which really remind me of uh, David Lynch somehow, to the extent that I wonder whether there, there may be some library footage of uh, of like the road speeding by in Boys Don't Cry that I think may also appear in Lost Highway. It feel, oh, yeah. felt really quite lynching. Yeah. I don't know whether it's because of the film stock or the lenses or um, just the way that films were being lit in you know during that kind of period but there's okay. something quite lynchian about boys don't cry and more holland drive um is another film that features that kind of you know two gay women or women having a gay relationship yeah. um i knew we were going to talk about this so i looked it up and i i discovered something that i never knew did you know this so naomi watson laura haring Mm. The, the, the two kind of characters in okay. More Holland Drive. I never knew that Laura Haring, and please write in if I'm pronouncing it wrong, is also known as Countess von Bismarck. Apparently, like in the in the mid '80s, something like that. For two years, she was married to the to the Count von Bismarck, and now she is still known as the Countess von really? Bismarck. I, I think is... you've pronounced von von Bismarck perfectly. <laughs> so at least I got that part of her name right. <laughs> Her- herring, I don't know. Herring or herring? Yeah, yeah. Her- okay. is, um, is maybe it's herring. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's it. She I wouldn't be inviting me around for tea <laughs> with, with, the, with the count. But um, uh, there's my movie trivia for the week. Okay. Wow. A um, couple films I want to bring up um, are 
I'll start with Moonlight. Did you say Moonlight a few years ago, which I think won a best? Oh, no, I did not. That's a really wonderful example because it's sort of, um, uh, the structure is really basic in the sense that it covers a young man's life when he's very young, probably 10 or something like that. So starting to, you know, sexuality is starting to emerge, I guess. And then high school and then adulthood. Um, and uh, the passage of being accepted as like accepted, accepting himself and being accepted by others for as a gay black man, um, mm. just great. It's really well done. It's super subtle. I mean, not an action film, nothing super intense, but just very real moments in a you know a very difficult struggle to sort of just come um, come to terms with oneself and you know hope that others accept you. So um, that I thought was great. Um, it did win the Oscar, didn't it? Is that I right? I think that was the year that La La Land was announced or something like that. And then they looked at Warren Beatty, got it wrong, wasn't it? Was it? Actually, actually read the card and <laughs> not La La Land, but Moonlight. And I, I, I saw both films and Moonlight. <laughs> Moonlight is a, is a good film. It's a best film. Whereas La La Land, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, <clears throat> I would, I, I think we should bring up our old friend uh, um, Peter Almodovar a little bit because he does. Mm. He does gay characters wonderfully. He does uh, trans yeah. characters wonderfully. So, I mean, he's made a career in part on uh, finally bringing those characters to screen and making them likable and, uh, you know, normalizing them. And uh, I think he's just a, a hero uh, in that way. So I think he's uh, well beyond us. And he's been doing that for 40 years now at this point, I think. So uh, he's had a long career of uh, really interesting characters, too. I mean, he obviously sort of uh, sometimes they're played up a little bit. Maybe they're over the top, but... Some wonderful characters in films like even All About My Mother, which we watched, mm, or yeah. Bad Education. Um, one of my favorites, though, is something that I saw as a kid. I, I may have seen it shortly after it came out, which is Dog Day Afternoon with Al Pacino. Ah. Um, and it's a Sidney Lumet film. It's a fantastic film. And um, you know, this is a, it's a guy who's robbing a bank. You know, He's doing this sort of masculine thing. Um, and... It's it's revealed slowly. He's on the phone with his his um, lover, uh, and we learn eventually that his lover is a, a man, and then that it's a man who is seeking um, to uh, make a transition uh, from man to a woman. Um, and I think it's played by Chris Sarandon is the actor. So it sort of comes out late in the film. You're you're watching this sort of you know like this heist film, is this this bank robbery in progress, but then you get this piece of information. It just slowly drips out a little bit. Um, about him that is totally unexpected. And I liked that a lot. I think it's subtle. I think it's realistic um, and just sort of counter, it counters our intuitions, I think, a little bit. So I thought I thought that was a, a great film. And let's see, that's about 50, almost 50 years ago. Good. Mm. 1975, uh, yeah. For the longest time, it, the conventional notion was that if you were um, an actor hoping for a big career, yeah. then playing a gay character was career suicide that you wouldn't get cast if you played a gay character yeah. and that you know the big leading men would try and shy away from that and i was having a look down at some of the some of the the, the films that i've written in my list here yeah one of them is um my beautiful laundrette yeah. Stephen freer's picture have you seen that that was on my list as well yeah good right, so, and that was is that was like the second film or maybe even the first film to star daniel day lewis oh, it yeah. turns out he kind of had an okay career after that yeah funny absolutely. that <laughs> yeah exactly the, the other one which really stands out on my list here is my own private idaho yep i had that on my list too oh yeah. man there we go so which gus van sant but yeah the other the, the, the leads in there are river phoenix yeah. and keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, yeah, 
And Keanu Reeves you know, cannot stop selling tickets for John Wick. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to know what career River Phoenix would have today if he was still alive. Yeah, sure. But, um, these were, yeah, these were not films which seemed to hinder the career of the actors who appeared in them. Yeah. I don't know whether people still get this notion or whether these days um, you know, uh, people think a little bit more uh, progressively. I, I think we do, but there's also certainly there's been some backlash. Like if you've got a gay character, just get a gay actor as well. Ah, um, yeah. I think I've seen that out there, and I understand that. That makes perfectly good sense to me. Um, but if, if there's this other angle that, you know, uh, actors like to stretch their wings out a little bit, right, and do something that's, you know, not just their own character, sort of to escape stereotyping, I guess, or, or um, the other words, not stereotyping. Typecasting. Oof. Typecasting. <laughs> to uh, avoid typecasting, they would take on a part that's completely different to their their own personality. Uh, so I think, you know, it was probably, you know, like an actor's challenge to play a gay character at, at times. And, and and I think, you know, to a certain extent, I'm sure a lot of gay actors were black uh, blacklisted or they were very secret. Rock Hudson comes to mind, right? Like, right, um, yeah. These people yeah. who played very masculine characters uh, in... Yeah, in response to being, uh, or in response to trying to avoid being typecast or maybe even outed. And I wonder whether um, you know, we'll end up with a Tropic Thunder kind of situation where, um, oh, yeah. in, in the same way that um, Robert Downey Jr.'s character you know, puts on makeup to play a, a black character because that's like the ultimate acting. Yeah. And, and the way that we look back on that now, I wonder whether, you know, in, in a few years' time, you know, the notion that a straight actors should be playing a gay character will look, you know, a, a bit off colour, yeah. frankly, and, you know, yeah. not entirely appropriate. I think we probably are headed that way. <laughs> There's a little progress, but still no kit, no kitchens. <laughs> no kitchen. I was, I, I'm, I was kind of remembered, I sort of kind of forgot about this. So um, the the one TV project that I've written that actually oh. kind of got off the ground and got That's made right. was um, uh, Romil and Juggle, which is a, and we pitched it originally as a gay Indian Romeo and Juliet. Mm. In fact, I mean, it was one of those projects that had a three-word pitch, which was Romeo and Julian. Um, and, it so, and it was produced in in 2017. So I uh, wrote it with Anu, who's the director that I was doing a lot of work with back then. Um, MTV India at the time were kind of looking for edgy, sort of youthy scripts. Wow. Um, so Anu pitched it to them. Um, I don't think they went for it, but in the end, um, and we kind of we pitched it as like a sort of a trilogy. There were going to be three Shakespeare um, adaptations that turned things completely on their heads. So there was yeah, Romeo and Juggle, which was like Romeo and Juliet, but with two men. Um, and then we there was a um, an, like a, a, a reworking of Othello that was set in two rival um, Indian restaurants. Mm. Um, and then I think we had kind of like a, like a vague pitch for a Hamlet-y type idea that never yeah. really came to anything. And the, the only one which actually um, ended up selling was uh, Rommel and Juggle. So it was it was sold to a producer. And then like two years later, the rights reverted to us. This is such a great uh, thing when this happens. So the rights yeah. reverted to us and we sold it again. Our the only <laughs> project, I think, that we've actually sold twice. Oh, that's awesome. Um, got paid for Twice. Didn't get paid very much money either time, but we yeah. paid something. And it ended up becoming a 10-part a um, uh, web series. Oh. And there are five episodes that you can see for free online, and then five where you had to subscribe up to the, to the, like the Balaji uh, online subscription. Okay. And I don't think it did kind of great guns, but it's still out there, actually. It still exists. And we had a little bit of controversy, I think, because at the time when we, like just after we sold it, I think... There was um, a repealing of the law that made homosexuality illegal in oh. India. And then there was a big um, backlash and they, they 
uh, repealed the repeal. So it then <laughs> briefly became illegal to be gay again in, in India for a short while. And then yes. they kind of re-re-repealed it, I think. Yeah. Um, which was, you know, well, um, disastrous and confusing news for LGBTQ people in India. But um, at least it gave us, you know, a little bit of a little bit of heat while we were trying to flog our script. And that's the thing that matters. Yeah. So um, in the end, that ended up being a, you know, a slightly controversial, not bad um, project. Wow. And uh, the, uh, this is kind of slightly irrelevant to the LGBTQ theme, but the most fun aspect of that script, I can still now clearly remember writing episode two. And we got to the bottom of the first page and wrote something like there is a song and dance number. <laughs> And then, and then, just uh, kind of you know, like never went on. I never kind of put any more elaboration in. And then, when I eventually got to watch like the finished show that they made, they've taken our suggestion. There is a song and dance number, and done like a two-minute song with dancing and forty dancers and choreography and wow, um, just so, so awesome. Oh, that little thing was just like an afterthought. Yeah. We didn't really take it very seriously. And look, someone's made a two-minute wow. whole two-minute song out of that. Did Did Anu direct any of those? Or no, she they... did not. So okay. just she. Just just wrote okay so we yeah just wrote it together yeah uh, and i'm not sure i'm not uh, it's funny when you work on a project for a while you kind of get quite attached to it and so i think by the time we got to the end of the script she was thinking oh actually these are quite fun i quite like to be involved but you can only do so much and she's a busy woman yeah huh uh, so that's 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 my tiny tiny contribution it sounds great everyone our listeners should look for it on the youtube <laughs> Actually, yes, it, literally, it is on, on YouTube. Look for Roman and Juggle. I haven't looked at it for a while. I think, you, yeah, you'll see my name in tiny letters during the opening credits at some point. But do you, get, do you, oh. get, do you have writing credits on any of them? Or is it like story? Yeah, I, I do or... get writing credits on every episode, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fantastic. I think we did end up writing all of the episodes ourselves. So, okay. um, yeah, yeah, for what it's worth. Well and done. That's well done. part of the reason why my career is at its towering peak as it is today. <laughs> <laughs> should we, we should get the popcorn. Let's get the popcorn. That's enough self-promotion for one for them in episode. Let's eat that popcorn again. Yeah, let's get some popcorn. popcorn.